Hello, and welcome to the Catholic Homeschool Podcast. I'm Paula Siskanik, your host, and I am a wife, a mom, a grandma, too, and I am also a 25-year veteran of homeschooling. It is an honor and a privilege to welcome Kathy Duffy to today's podcast. Uh, Kathy and I had met Many, many years ago when she was a speaker, you will see she is a wealth of information. And in particular, one of the most asked questions that we get in our community is about learning styles. But before we dive in and I read the bio, so for those few who have not known or heard of Kathy, I'm going to begin with a prayer and then read her bio. So let's begin as we begin all things in the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord, as we come together, I want to Thank you for the grace of another day, for the graces of our family, the graces of our yes to marriage, the openness to children, and the gift to be their primary educator. May you please bless all the families that hear this, bless Kathy and her work. We ask to be the hands and feet in this world, and where you will pray a Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. St. Joseph, please pray for us. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Welcome, Kathy. I'm going to read your bio. Let's get that. Okay. <laughs> yes, yes, sounds great. All right. For those of you who don't know Kathy, she is a well-known curriculum expert. She has researched and written about curricula for home education for more than 35 years. Her website, which we will put the link up many times, is kathyduffyreviews.com. And it is truly the go-to resource for homeschool curriculum reviews. We see it's everywhere in our community. People reference it all the time. Please go visit. <laughs> she also has a digital book how to choose homeschool curriculum. And it walks you through the process of choosing the resources that will work best for each child and each family. Kathy has home educated her own three sons all the way through high school and has taught numerous groups of both children and adults. Well, welcome. Thank you, Kathy, for joining me today. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm really glad to be here. This is a fun topic. It is a great topic. And, you know, um, I wanted us, because there's so much ground to cover, to really dive right into this conversation. Um, mm -hmm. I just wanted to let you know, you know, uh, Maureen and I, and if you haven't seen it, folks, go to the YouTube channel or our podcast, is we did a little bit about the different educational philosophies. Okay, so sort of as a precursor to this, which was, you know, talking about unschooling and Montessori and classical but this is the other piece of the puzzle that people really want to hone in on. So first of all, what are learning styles? <laughs> yeah, good place to start. Yep. Uh, learning styles, th this is a tool to help us understand 
what educational methods are going to work best for each of our children. You know, if we can teach them more effectively the first time around, then we don't have to reteach them over and over again. That's just discouraging for everyone. Mm -hmm. So paying attention to our children's learning styles helps us figure out what methods are going to work best. And I use a simplified approach. It's based on the Myers-Briggs personality inventory uh, to identify four learning styles that I call Wiggly Willie, Perfect Paula, Competent Carl, and Sociable Sue. Um, and and yeah, it's probably good to point out uh, not more than once that people aren't strictly one learning style. Oftentimes they're a mixture of these, okay? We're just not that neat to fit into those little boxes. Yeah. You paint yeah. a picture by giving those descriptive words. Yeah, it just it helps us think about what we see sometimes. Um, yeah. But learning styles encompasses temperaments, the physical aspects of learning, forms of social interaction. Uh, for example, one child might enjoy more working with a group, interacting in a group setting, while another child prefers independent study. Or one child does better with hands-on learning and the other one finds hands-on learning just a total waste of time. Mm -hmm. So those are the things we pay attention to. Now, lots, there are lots of different learning style approaches. This is just one method of many. They are all useful, but they focus on different aspects of learning. There is absolutely no perfect system that will take into account every variable. So, you know, <laughs> this is one way to do it. And, you know, you could try a few others and see if they help you too. So that's, yeah, that's so what it is. I, yeah. So I, I think if, you know, really when you're putting kids in a brick and mortar school, you're not spending those times actually witnessing unless, you know, they have lots of homework, but even that it's tailored to the, that curriculum. So as homeschool parents, we kind of have that leg up to be able to view that. So how do we, figure out their different learning styles? You know, is there a step-by-step -step process or trial or error? How do you figure it out? Okay, well, the starting place is really with ourselves. You know, oh. we, have to, we have to figure out where we're coming from because oftentimes the biggest clash we end up with in our homeschooling is um, our teaching style, which tends to by default become our, uh, our, you know, our learning style, our own learning style yes. preference becomes our teaching style. I said that gotcha. backwards. But yeah. And then we have to look at our children's learning styles and what we prefer. Um, sometimes it's challenging to pull those together, but starting with ourselves helps us be aware of our tendencies to help kind of take the blinders off so we can see what's going on with our children and how it differs from what we like to do. Right. So it's like if you're a mom, you like it all organized, you like everything laid out, lots of worksheets, everything predictable and controlled. But you've got a daughter who's just inquisitive and would rather, you know, talk and do and not do worksheets. <laughs> um, then you've got a problem. You've got to figure out how to make that work. Yes. So we start by figuring out our own learning style. Um, and it, here's just a quick exercise we can try, you know, yeah. for those who are listening to help kind of get a sense of this. Let's say you just got a new iPhone and maybe you're just totally unfamiliar, you never had an iPhone before, okay? So blank out anything you know about iPhones. So what would you do? 
if you just pick up that phone and trial and error until you figure something out, that's a good wiggly willy approach, you know, just have at it. If you like to read the online manual, maybe watch a tutorial, try to get lots of info before you try figuring it out, then uh, you might be a perfect Paula because she wants to know the right way to do it. Competent Carl might look at a tutorial or a manual, but then he'll figure it out on his own. He's not likely to ask for help. Where Perfect Paula might ask for help, Competent Carl won't. He's a do-it-myself type person. Uh, sociable Sue, she won't bother with a man. She'll ask a friend to show her how to do it. You know, <laughs> it's, it's only other people that can help her. So that's kind of a, a real rough way to look at it. And we'll get into more detail when we start talking about the children's learning styles. Yes, yes. So and I do have more about that in the How to Choose book in my older 102 Top Picks book. There's the information on learning styles. In the yeah, we didn't mention the 102. I mean, so Kathy has well, done other <laughs> books as well. well yeah. 102 was the previous book, but people are still wanting to buy it. But How to Choose is, you know. I tried to make it cheaper and more accessible. So, you know, how to choose is a less yeah. expensive version and it's really tied to the website, which is all accessible for free. Yeah. So, um, yeah, right. I thought yeah. that was a better way to go. So. <laughs> but you see, again, different learners, maybe again, <laughs> they need the physical, the concrete, right? Well, they want the whole book, the 102, where I've narrowed down to the best things and the they can see it best. in a chart. You know, Perfect Paula would love, you know, just that that's way to go for that. Yes, exactly. Yes. Very good. Anyway, so after you've got some idea of your own learning style, then you can start to figure out your own children's uh, learning styles. Okay. And again, it's by recognizing some of those characteristics on a day-to-day -day when you're working with these children. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just, and, and is it something that you kind of, you know, get intuitively? I mean, can you kind of get it wrong as well? You know what I'm saying? Does it take well, a while to get to understand it, these? It takes, it takes a while and it's not always obvious with young children because they change. I mean, you think about uh, most two-year-olds they tend to look like what I call the wiggly willies because they're not, they're, they're just not, they don't have the maturity to work at an old, you know, at a level where they're stopping and thinking about things and planning ahead. They just don't do that. So uh, the maturity and learning styles gradually starts to show and uh, you just watch your children and really it's what's working best right now is the question you're wanting to ask. Not, yeah. you know, you don't want to yeah. box them in and say, well, they're wiggly willy now, so they'll be wiggly willy five years from now. Um, right. They can shift. Uh, right. So we'll see what happens. So, we'll you know, and year. I know this sounds like a very basic question, but it's like, you know, what works, what doesn't work? You know what I mean? I, I would say, you know, even with little kids, if they're having resistance, is that like a clue that I'm not reaching them? You know, because I hear that question often. People are like, are they just being lazy or am I, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You know, and sometimes our kids are lazy, but if you're always in tears, you know, battling over getting through school, just step back from it and look at the learning styles. Oftentimes that's the key to it. I had a friend who homeschooled for just one year and she got a curriculum that was just, you know, packaged rigid. And this gal is a very creative type person and her children were more like her. 
And it was just like the worst combination. And I tried to get her to shift gears, but she, well, I already bought this curriculum, so I'm going to do or die. You know, <laughs> she died, you know, it didn't, it didn't work. <laughs> yes. yes. So, uh, so yeah, yeah okay. so don't get, I'm hearing that message. Don't give up. And, you know, it's not necessarily, you have to throw things out, right. but it, it sounds to me like what you're saying is a process. It is. But, and, and we'll get into some more detail about, you know, how, because we just want to target where we need to use learning styles. It's not like you have to revamp everything all the time. Okay, so, excellent. That's okay. no, that's great. So, okay. well, then well, the natural question would be like, is one learning style better than the other? You know what I'm well, saying? Let's, let's kind of step back here. Let's take a few okay. minutes and talk about, I'll describe the children's learning styles so yes. that uh, the listeners, our, you know, our audience here, you'll have a better idea of what we're talking about. Okay. And I'll you know, do this in terms of children. So I'll, I'll go into this a little more. Uh, Wiggly Willie, this is the child who is a hands-on learner. They're often lively, creative, um, but they can be difficult to teach. They don't like to sit still. Um, I, I, my oldest was a, a really strong Wiggly Willie, and I just had this, he's always falling off chairs. You know, the <laughs> chairs didn't work for him very well. They need to be able to move around a lot. Um, usually they're not interested in sitting still and thinking and getting you know, my reference to two-year-olds. This is more like you know, your two-year-old in some ways. Right. Um, wiggly willies are spontaneous. Uh, if something sounds fun, they want to do it now. They can be impulsive, leaping before they look, that sort of thing. Uh, and of course, they don't like to plan and organize. They're living in the moment, uh, they don't want to be, you know, they're not motivated by, you know, work hard, get good grades so I can go to college. I mean, that's just not on the radar for them. They tend to have a short attention span unless they're doing something of their own choosing. You know, like mm. if they're working on a complicated Lego construction, you know, they could sit there for hours. But if you ask them to do a page of math problems, two minutes and they're bored, silly, you know. Yes. So. Yeah, it's it's really difficult. Um, you know, and sometimes these are the kids who get labeled as having attention deficit disorders and just those kinds of up. problems. And they're yeah. just it's because of their learning style and it is not easily accommodated in the typical classroom. So yeah. a lot of Wiggly Willies end up homeschooled <laughs> because the teachers right. say to the parents, maybe you should think about homeschooling. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Because homeschooling naturally, you can tailor those things. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. a lifesaver for some of these kids. Correct. Correct. And, okay. and then I liked how your friend had said, you said your friend was more creative. We'll, we'll talk about that, but I'm just saying you can tailor the curriculum to a wiggly willy, maybe yeah. even the timing of your subjects, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Every piece of it. Okay, so let's go on to Perfect Paula. That's She's kind of the opposite of Wiggly Willie. This yeah. is the responsible child. She likes to see that everything's done correctly, and sometimes to see that everybody else does everything correctly. She likes to run the show. Uh, she likes things structured, planned, organized. Um, she wants to know what the schedule is, that sort of thing. She, you know, she wants to know what's happening. Now, because of that, you know, she's easier to teach. She's more, you know, amenable. She'll go along with what's supposed to be done. But she tends to have a comfort, uh, a narrow comfort zone. Um, she seldom acts spontaneously. She's not comfortable with creative activities if you don't give her specific guidelines. Like, 
he wanted her to do an art project, she'll ask, what's it supposed to look like rather than just, you know, give me a pile of supplies and have at it. So very opposite the Wiggly Willie in that sense. Yes. They tend to uh, follow the rules, respect authority. And sometimes your perfect Paula feels like the world's going to come to an end if other people aren't doing what they're supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in a lot of ways, perfect Paula likes the typical traditional school curriculum. And they like to feel like they're doing the same things other children their age are doing. Uh, they like to be a part of groups. You know, they like that security of being, you know, in the group doing what everyone's doing, you know, and that can be double-edged too, because you know, sometimes the group's not doing what should be done. Um, and they need, they need approval, affirmation. Yeah. They need you yeah, to be telling looking them. out at the world, kind of outward facing and comparing all the time, right? Yes, yes. But she needs that coming, the the, yes, the affirmation coming back to her frequently. Wow. Okay. Because, okay. you know, she's so worried about that. She can be, you know, paralyzed if she doesn't get it. Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yes. Yes. Great. Okay. Competent Carl. Uh, for competent Carl, control is his key issue. He wants to be in control of himself, his surroundings. You know, and even, even when they're young, competent Carl's, you can't always tell when they're young, but it sometimes shows up with a child who insists on doing everything themselves. You know, uh, I'm going to help you do this. No, I'm going to do it myself. You know, that sort of yes. thing. Yes. Um, you know, when it, it persists, you know, with everything, yes. you know, you've got a competent Carl on your hands. Sure. I, some young adults like that. They've got to <laughs> learn it the hard way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, Confident Carl, you know, sometimes Wiggly Willies are like that, but Confident Carl tends to be analytical. He, okay. you know, likes to do problem solving, figure things out on his own. So he will be thinking about it where Wiggly Willie might want to do it on his own, but not think about it. He'll just do it. You know? <laughs> A little right, yeah. more spontaneous wiggly. Yeah. And yeah. then Confident Carl is really more, would you say they're yeah. more internal, think things? More, more. more internal. Some of them can be extroverted and they might talk out loud what they're thinking, you know, but there's a thought process. You know, I had a good example of this at a nephew, very strong, competent Carl, when he was, was probably seven or eight or something at mm -hmm. a restaurant. And they give you those placemats that have a maze on it. Yes. And a competent Carl child will look at it and figure it out before that crayon or whatever touches the paper. They'll want to know where it's going before they mess it up. Wow. You know, Wiggly Willy, trial and error. Um, you know, that's, you know, it's just this kind of thing you'll notice, you know, just you watch how, if, are they sitting back and pondering first? That's a clue. You've got a Wiggly will. Uh, I'm sorry, a competent Carl. Carl. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Yes, yeah. They, you know, they're, they're self-motivated. They like to work independently. They, you know, just love to be left alone to do it on their own schedule. Uh, but sometimes they, they kind of go too far. They have difficulty relating to peers, getting along with people, and they find it easier to work on their own than to figure out how to get along with others. Okay. So that's something to kind of watch out for. Right, right. Yeah. And then your last one. Yeah, and Sociable Sue, she's kind of, uh, is kind of an opposite to Confident Carl in many ways because she's your social butterfly. She's got right. the warm, responsive personality. You know, if, if you've got an activity and, you know, you ask if you want, if, if she wants to participate in the activity, one of the first questions she'll ask you is, 
who else is doing it? (laughs) (laughs) Because if it's not people she wants to be around, forget it, you know, or if it's alone, forget it, you know, (laughs) that's, that's not how she works. She's very interested in people. Um, And, you know, on a different level, she's more interested in concepts than details. Mm -hmm. Uh, They, uh, Sociable Sues like to do things quick and dirty, just get it over with. This is not your perfectionist. Uh, she just, you know, let's get the work done, get on to the social activity. Yes. They tend to like novelty. You know, you could be, you can have a new textbook or something, they get all excited about it. You know, a week later, oh no, yeah. that's boring. <laughs> but, you know, but the novelty. want approval like Perfect Paula? Uh, well, she cares about what other people think. But it's about her self-image. It's not about doing it right. It's more just wanting people to like them. They might, you know, uh, they might act up or do something else to get recognition from people. They want um, input from other people, but it's not for doing things right. <laughs> okay, like for yeah, the and that's important okay. for the mom. You know, how do you? What kind of feedback are you giving your children? Yeah, right. Very yeah, fun. they're so they're so different, but. Uh, Sociable Sue really does need to be recognized for what she does. Uh, that matters so much because they want to impress people. Sometimes they'll go be above and beyond to impress people. Um, yeah, and for the same reason, they're very vulnerable to criticism. You know, yes. it matters. Right, right. So, yeah. Exactly. I, well, I do remember a friend, family friend, her the mom would always put things in red, you know, if they were wrong. And it just... Oh so upset that personality again because again she put it up and it was like no no, no it could mm-hmm. not it crushed her yeah. in the sense you know to see even just the color red meant you know like yeah. even if it was just to improve and it was just <laughs> in a in a loving manner it just really set her off <laughs> yeah yeah so you got to figure out how to do that you maybe it's just sitting down and having a conversation yeah nothing marked up or helping them asking them questions to help them see mm-hmm. what it is that's that's an issue yeah but you had asked the question before we started down this yeah, you know, with the descriptions is. about is one learning style better than another and right um and again as i said before people are not exclusively one or another so you know we're usually a kind of a mixture maybe something is dominant and something less so you know those of us who are kind of even we have a hard time figuring out where we would fit in you're probably going to have less problems uh, because yeah. you're not really strongly leaning one direction. Uh, right. So that's, that's a blessing for us and for our children. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so now, yeah. Um, so that is wonderful. Getting, getting to understand, I think, and like, as you said, even though there's an overlap, there is definitely, I mean, I have seven children, you know, just, they all come with these distinct personalities. You can see, I can see how each yeah. one of them fits into those boxes, not exclusively, as you said, but then mm-hmm. also, so start first with yourself and mm-hmm. then start observing your children. Okay. So right. great. Now I've got four kids, four personalities, and, and, and I'm one of those I'm going to go crazy, Kathy. Can you help me? What can I practically do with this? <laughs> so, you know, yeah, it's it's not as bad as it sounds. <laughs> we don't have to revamp the whole curriculum. If you're just choosing curriculum for the first time, it really helps to have this in mind. But, you know, if you're in the middle of it, you've got your curriculum, look for the areas where your child is struggling. Find out where you need to target the attention 
rather than trying to revamp everything by learning styles. Because typically right. for our kids, some subjects will be more difficult than others. Some will be strong in math and science and weaker in reading and language arts um, or vice versa. You know, that's kind of mm -hmm. a, a normal split. So if you've got a child who's struggling in math, but they're doing okay in language arts, forget, you know, don't worry about language arts, worry about math. Yes. And then you want to think of it this way. You want to teach to their learning style strengths teach them with methods that make it easiest for them to grasp new concepts. And then um, once they've got a concept, you can use other learning style methods that might not be as easy for the child, but you know, you've kind of lessened that initial uh, load they're trying to work through. Yeah. Um, so maybe like uh, you're gonna use other learning style methods for review and practice, and let's, let's talk about a Wiggly Willy. So maybe you're going to use a Wiggly Willy um, math program, hands-on math program to help Wiggly Willy catch the concepts at the beginning. Then once you've got the concepts introduced and he seems to have grasped it, you might play games to do practice and reinforcement. Gotcha. And when you're reviewing, then you bring in the worksheets and the other things that are so difficult for him. Right. So, so you try to make sure he's got yeah. it first. Wow. Before you use it to, to my first. ears, Kathy, you know what I'm saying? It really yeah. is. Well, and even, and even then, yeah. when you do the worksheets, you do it sparingly. <laughs> if it's if yes. the child hates yes. worksheets, don't just do endless. Right. I, you know, I had this, my grand, granddaughter uh, hated worksheets. I've worked with her from time to time. And I could just see, you know, as soon as she's handed a worksheet, it, she just goes into the, oh, I can't do it. It's too hard. I'm dying, you know? <laughs> yes. And so I pulled out, you know, we were working on just addition. And so I pulled out a deck of cards, just standard playing cards. Okay. Face cards are worth 10. Aces are one. The others, their value. And we're going right. to play addition more. So you play two cards. You have to add them together. Who wins? Right. She's doing all this mental math in her head yeah. to figure out who's winning. And she'll tell me who's, you know, who's got no problem at all. Right. You and know, because, fun with grandma. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and, you know, I've told her mom, this is the way you teach her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'll work. Yes. Um, and a lot of us do, because it doesn't look like standard schooling. We think, right. oh, well, that doesn't really count, but it does. Yes. I'm so glad you said that, Kathy. Please say that again, because you're really, you're, you know, giving yourself permission to think yeah. outside that. Yeah. Well, it has to be what works best for the child, not what anybody else is doing. You know, I, I don't care what anybody else thinks. What's going to work best? Right. So I know it's that, and you know it from your children, when a child really feels that sense of success internally, working from that strength, it just opens the door to more discovery, to more learning. And you're, you're really, you, you can see that. It's yeah. just a beautiful thing to witness, I think, an honor as a parent, you know. But mm -hmm. as a parent, you know, we do feel like, as you said, we, we want authority, too, to say, well, am I, moms usually feel... I'm going to miss something or I'm going to ruin my children. You know, Especially how? if you're a perfect column mom. Yes. Yes. It's true. That's true. But I still think deep down, they yeah. all always want to cover all the check marks and right. getting them to high school, but you're right. So again, let's get back to learning <laughs> your yeah. learning style, yeah. which well, helps. And, and part of that, this is kind of stepping outside learning styles. Part of that is 
identifying your goals, knowing what you want to accomplish very clearly. Right. So that you can think about it in terms of how do I get to that goal, not how do I complete that book or that program? Yes. Yes. Again, another wonderful gem. And that's right, Kathy. It's And, you know, in school and many of the homeschooling books, too, are, are designed for an academic year. You know, so so are we talking about mastery of concepts, you know, uh, sometimes versus finishing the book? <laughs> right. Yeah. Because finishing the book just just can't be your goal. <laughs> just... <laughs> exactly. We all remember schools, you know, (laughs) finishing books or not, not finishing the books mostly. Right. Right. Well, we do. I think we have a little time here that I just wanted to talk about a little bit about uh, if we figure out the learning styles are, you know, what do we, uh, I want to know specifically, how do I pick the books that go with this? You know, because I do see that overwhelming. Does your, does your website talk about learning styles and curriculum? figure that out. Well, it's, it's more in the, in the books, um, you know, because, um, well, that, that's, that's too long a story to get into, but, um, I do talk about learning style features in the reviews. That's why I write such long reviews. Yes. Um, I I know for some people they are long, but they're long. Yes. Because you go through, you really have taken the pains to go through so that, because it's hard for people unless they physically, you know, go through the book, but also don't have the experience with that curriculum. You've reviewed thousands of books, so you can immediately start targeting all the important aspects to give us a feel of that. So yes, those yeah. reviews are amazing. So they'll be yeah. in some of those. Yes. Yeah. Great. But we can go, we can take some time here and we'll talk about um, methods that can work best with the different learning styles. Yes, please do. Um, so we'll start with Wiggly Willie again. Mm-hmm. multi-sensory learning helps a lot the more you can get his different senses involved the better because again they're very easily distracted uh you know they're moving around whatever so if you can have them hearing and seeing uh at the same time you know maybe moving physically too you know whatever you you know you can involve more of their senses and what's going on for learning the better uh so hands-on activity is is just a natural part of that too. Um, Like teaching science, this is getting more concrete, teach science with lessons that lead the the lesson with the activity or experiment rather than giving the information first. Let them do it so they've got that concrete experience that they care about, then give them the information that follows along afterwards. And a, a number of science programs like um, the yeah, science and history remember. series is set up that way. And they're, yeah, they're I know like TOPS, I don't know, you know, they're task oriented projects, yeah. right? So the kids yeah. are actually making the equipment that they're gonna work on and by doing it, they learn the, uh, the, the concept. Right. So yeah, that's great. Yeah, Good. yeah. yeah. Uh, so next. Well, I'm still in the Wiggly oh, Willie here. Okay, there's more. Yes, there's please, more please. that we can games and competition. Like please, I talked about go the ahead addition and war. That. Yeah, go ahead. those kinds of things work well. Computerized curriculum can work well, but not the ones where you have to read closely and put in exact answers. Uh, more about you know strategy games, um, even even math drill games. Math drill on a computer is much better for Wiggly Willie than work pages. Okay. There's lots of fun games out there. So, um, and there's some that are even free. I've got those on my website. So (laughs) there's there's lots of good stuff. Um, And they have trouble. If you put them 
into a class, even if it's an online class, I think a lot of people say, oh, well, they like video, so they put them into video classroom stuff on the computer. Uh, Wiggly Willies will hate it if they have to watch a classroom presentation where it goes on and on, you know, anyways. So if you're going to do something on the computer, it's got to move along quickly. Uh, lectures or, you know, talks should be no more than five, 10 minutes, you know, just keep it short. Anything that goes after that five minutes, they're not hearing it. So you just have to know that. And parents, if you're reading a book to them, it, they're not absorbing it if you go on too long. If you see their eyes glaze over, they're off, you know, don't keep on, <laughs> you're wasting your time. Yes. Um, sometimes you can have them pay attention longer by letting them do something physically while they're listening, like jumping on a trampoline while you're reading aloud. Or, yes. you know, well, just I heard a story around. about somebody reading aloud and uh, watching their children. And then again, I think it was that actually Andrew Pudua tells a story about when he was reading Lord of the Rings to the kids and, and the child who was building with Legos mm-hmm. while he's reading actually was able to retell all the details, whereas yeah. the one who was just sitting perfectly attentively listening was just like in la la dreamland. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you can't so, judge by what you're seeing, but you yeah. get to know your children. Uh, so that's pay attention yeah. and see what's pay working. Attention. Yeah. You, just everything. You want to keep things short, uh, bite-sized okay. chunks. You've got projects or something uh, that they're going to work on. And this, you know, maybe as they get older, you're going to ask them to write a paper. You break it down into really small manageable chunks. Structure and tile. You talked about Andrew Pudua. Structure and style is a good mm-hmm. example of that because it breaks that writing process down into really small manageable chunks. Right. Right. So that's kind so, of, I mean, that, that kind fast. of not to, we'll, we'll continue, but it does it, does that learning style then like change with age too? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Some because, because I'm thinking you know, wiggly guy, how's he ever gonna sit in a yeah. classroom when he gets yeah. to college? <laughs> yeah, they learn, you know, every every learning every child, every every learning style has its weak areas. And you know, you have to work wiggly willies, you work on self-discipline. That's mm-hmm. that's just one of the things, you know, it's like you you're taking them to to mass and you're helping them learn to sit yeah. still in mass. That's uh, part of that training. And yes, they're not, they're not going to like it at first, you know, but you, you know, you gradually just, you know, help them to be able to do these things. And uh, then they, they usually will get better at it. But, you know, I was with my oldest son, you know, he still has those tendencies. And so, you know, he's, he does uh, web design, he does something and he has his own business so he can control his time. He can go mm-hmm. out and take a walk if he needs to. He can get on the phone and go be out for a walk while he's doing his business call. You know, he just. Yes. Well, that's interesting. They make it work. Yeah, right. He made it work. He worked with his strengths and got into a career that matched yeah. that. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes you'll have wiggly willies who still need hands-on learning. Uh, we were still doing some work with hand, uh, hands-on resources for algebra. Um, there's lots of fun ways to do that. <laughs> yeah. yes. Because of my oldest son. Um, my middle son had wanted nothing to do with manipulatives. He's a competent Carl, you know, just didn't, didn't, he said, I could, I could look at it and tell what it's going to look like. So why should I do that? You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. You analyze it. It's in his head. You know, that's it. So, yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Well, and algebra make, does require discipline. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But you can make people. it. Yeah. You can make, make it, it more concrete for them. Yeah. 
Yeah. But I'll, I'll give you one, you know, one concrete recommendation. Uh, unit studies tend to work well with weekly willows because of the variety. And usually you've got books, real books and activities and a variety of things going on. So programs like Connecting with History um, are particularly good for Wiggly Willies. Can you describe a unit study? I mean, we have a lot of beginners, yeah. especially since the pandemic. What's a unit study? Kevin? A unit study uh, designs all of your subjects around themes, a key theme. Uh, so in this case, history. So you're mm -hmm. following through history and then studying your other subjects in relation, not math, but your other subjects, you know, science and whatever. And a unit studies vary on how many different subjects they include. But connecting with history is fairly um, complex. You know, you've got your arts and language arts and history in there. And, and it's pulling these things together and making connections from yes. sub between the different subject areas. Um, and because of the variety of what you're using, um, not at all workbook B. Uh, right. That's very appealing for a Wiggly Willie. Great. So, yeah, that's yeah. great. But yeah, I probably, I could sum it up the key things to remember for these kids are they've got that short attention span, they need multi-sensory learning, and you pay attention to your scheduling, your pacing, and your environment as much as you do to the curriculum choices. If you're going to be using a workbook, you know, tiny bits at a time. Yeah, no, that's a great summary. Very okay. good. Good. Okay. okay. Perfect. Perfect Paula. She likes, <laughs> she likes your traditional <laughs> curriculum much easier in the sense she likes workbook structure, routine. It's all safe. Uh, repetition, memorization, staying in her comfort zone. Um, but uh, she she's, can be the easiest when it comes to choosing curriculum, but that narrow comfort zone presents limitations. And that's where we want to work uh, because she always wants to do the right thing. You have to give her a warning when you're going to do something different if it's not clearly defined. If you're going to have a discussion about questions at the end of the chapter in history, you tell her before she reads the chapter, uh, then she'll focus on those questions, you know, paying careful attention as she's reading. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, she'll feel blindsided. You know, if at the end, you're, you know, you say, now we're going to discuss a question. She'll say, well, you didn't tell me we were going to do that. You know, right. she wants to know in advance what's coming. Okay. Uh, if you're going to use something unconventional, Explain what you're doing and how it works, you know, how it's doing what you need to do. Sometimes, Perfect Paula's, they'll skate along on the surface of things. They won't ask questions or go beyond, you know, what's right there, what's required. Uh, they won't go for deeper understandings of, of concepts. And this can show up uh, in math when you get into word problems. You can okay. have the child who goes along and they memorize all those math algorithms, they've got their math facts down, you know, they, they can spout the math facts just fine, but they've got a word problem and they have to figure out how to apply this and they're stumped because they haven't thought about concepts and why and how this works. So, you know, sometimes you have to work with them more on the word problems rather than the computation skills. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and there are a lot of good math programs out there that stress understanding concepts. Uh, Singapore math, um, Redbird math is an online one. Uh, and math you see, probably everybody's heard of math you see with hands on. Yeah. They do have a real strong uh, development of concepts in that program. Okay. So. Yes. Well, I, I do know you did a podcast, I think, with Home 
homeschooling saints about math in particular. That's one of those big, big topics. Yeah, yeah it seems to be one of the most problematic areas. And right. it's one of the easiest um, to address. Right. Styles. And to find a variety of techniques for it. Yeah. Exactly. Would you say that that perfect Paula, though, is also hesitant to start something new? Like, because you said she does. Right. She wants, yeah. It's got to be predictable. So gotcha. you know, if you're going to do something new, she's got to, you know, if, you know if, it's, if it's really different, you know, and some, there are some programs that are very different looking. Oh, Matthew, Matthew C would be, you know, like that. Um, mm-hmm. here, you know, we're going to pull these out, you know, maybe we're going to watch the video together, whatever, you know, it's like, well, this doesn't look like math to me, you know, at first. <laughs> but now their books have gotten, so they look more like traditional books. They used to not, not so much, but now yes. they, they look pretty traditional when you get to the workbook end of it. Correct. Okay. So then yeah. you would take the time with that child yeah. to really always, you know, not blindside, as you said, that's yeah. right. Take yeah. care of them. And, you know, if they're comfortable using a traditional math program, there's nothing wrong with that as long as you work through the conceptual understanding and get them working on word problems and why is that working, you know, Mm -hmm. how do you choose your methods of solving a problem? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Competent Carl. Um, So remember, he's the one who likes to be self-directed, wants to be in control. you need to be efficient. Whatever you're using, it needs to be efficient. They don't like these programs with lots of bells and whistles. They don't like busy work. Yes. Um, they often don't like unit studies with stories and activities. They don't want to do those things they think are a waste of time. They've got their own ideas about how they want to be spending their time. So, uh, you know, they'll they'll argue with you about this. Um, you know, <laughs> will they be they argumentative? Yeah, they can be argumentative, and sometimes they're right, but not always. Um, <laughs> yes. You know, if they can show, if they can demonstrate that they've mastered something, then you can mm-hmm. let them skip something. You know, if they really, you know, can show you, then okay. Yes. Uh, give them and the that opportunity one again, too, because that's another one I hear parents are like, no, 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 no. we can't skip things. But yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, like Saxon math says, don't skip any problems. Right. You know, right. I say, assign every other problem and see how it goes. You know, <laughs> I know, <laughs> exactly. I know they've got that spiral thing where they're doing it, but you know, there's so much repetition in there that um, there is. If they're if they're getting it or just acing it all the time, they don't have to do everything. Yes. So yes, and I can understand from parent because they feel like, well, I don't know what's going to come, especially with their oldest. Let's not skip anything. But I think yeah. you know, from our lofty position, seeing it back, <laughs> you can skip. You can skip if they mastered it. Yeah. How much do you remember of what you were taught in school? I mean, yes. just think well about it. said. Well said, Kathy. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so continue with confidence. Uh, he doesn't like to listen to other people talking. Uh, some competent Carls are talkative, others are introverted, but either way, they don't like to just listen. They'd rather figure things out for themselves. They'd like to be talking themselves if they're talkative, but um, they, they don't really like lectures too much. Uh, they like independent work. So here's along that line. Don't give them information when you can send them out to find it. So like if you're doing history, don't assign, read, you know, 30 pages in your textbook, but give them a question like who started the second world war and why? Wow. And let them go figure it out. 
And, you know, you can suggest resources, you know, suggest places to look if that helps you. It depends on their age and their ability. You know, you have right. to work around. But right. whenever you can, give them a question to, you know, to pursue rather than the information. Yeah, I mean, is that part of learning, learning how to also ask what questions to ask? You know what I'm saying, too? Yeah, yeah. Yes. For them, especially, too. is mm -hmm. I think this is true for all of our kids. that We should be giving them these kinds of things to help them learn how to teach themselves. But, you know, that process is different with different types of learners. But the competent Carl, you can do this sooner. Um, with others, you, you know, you gradually do it. But, yeah. you know, even my, my wiggly willy oldest son, uh, I, I think I've told this story in other, you know, lots of other places, but... He was interested in archery at the time he was really little. I knew nothing about archery. He, mm -hmm. you know, went to the library, read every book in the library on archery. My child, who was wiggly, just devoted himself to figuring this out, carved his own bows and arrows from, you know, wood, <laughs> trees. Yes, yeah. um, you know, got a bow and arrow that got, you know, in Boy Scouts, took the Boy Scout mayor badge, got really good at it. He ended up being an archery instructor for a while and did a number of competitions. He just yeah. loved archery. So that proves that Wiggly Willie is, can, when he's interested, totally focus down. Totally, get... totally. Yeah. And go teach themselves. And I think a lot of our kids can do this if we give them the opportunity. Yes. Um, and I couldn't help him. I didn't know anything. So he was really on his own. Right. And I saw that my other children in other areas too. So but what that did not for him in terms of his giving him that sense of success in the sense that yeah. mom didn't know the answers and I figured it out and, and he soared with it. That's such yeah. a beautiful story. Yeah. yeah. But this is this is something we should be doing with all of our kids at the right time for the right things. Okay. So right. yeah. Anyway, so competent Carls, give them independent work. Let them work on projects. Um, Long-term independent projects work well. And you can even do contracts with them, even maybe around fourth or fifth grade. Again, knowing your goals, you know what you want to learn. What do you want them to learn? Right sit down with them and have a discussion about how do you want to learn this and suggest some possible ways of doing it, agree on it, write it down. You know, here are the milestones. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. It's going to get turned in by this time, you know, check in with them every once in a while, but turn them loose. Let them just do that independent project. Other, other types of learners, you might not do this in high until high school, but with a, a competent Carl, you can do it earlier right. and then they're off on their own and doing what, makes them happy and they'll do much yes. better. So again, honing in on their learning style, knowing what works best for them and actually changing up the, the process, which is kind of outside of, again, your traditional school <laughs> idea. Yeah. Give mommy that permission to do that. I yeah. think it's brilliant. Yeah, great, yeah. great ideas. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and I, you know, and this transfers over to other areas of the curriculum too. the things we're talking about here and just giving them room, you know, if you're going to do science, give them, you know, something with experiments and things that have real questions presented to them, something to think about, not just, you know, an experiment that proves what the information already tells you. Mm -hmm. but a real experiment where they're going to, like you talked about the TOPS. I, I don't know if people are familiar with the TOPS program. It's not very well known. It's, yeah. it's really, really old, but it's really good. <laughs> it is really good. It's yeah. very simple, deceptively simple. But, you know, yeah. my husband and I were scientists, you know, and, and 
It is. It's so true. We see, because I always say, what makes great scientists are people who have an insatiable need to know. And they will just persevere and persevere until they get to those answers. And to be yeah. able, and so to give your kids that little snippet of experience of testing with things and yeah. learning from what you're testing is yeah. a really great process. Well, and these kids, you know, oftentimes they'll shine at robotics, that type of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I have uh, a Sony Couve kit that I had gotten for review. Uh, it's a robotics kit. It's a pretty expensive one. But, mm-hmm. um, oh, that's a great uh, thing for a competent Carl, you know, you've got, they give you projects, there's online, you know, there's, you know, steps to go through, but you've got to troubleshoot because often it's not, you're going to do something wrong and you, know, you just have to figure out why is it not working? And they have uh, where you can go back and you can troubleshoot the program and find out where you've right. gone wrong, right. try and fix it. And uh, great type of thing for competent Carl. And I'm sure there's others out there too, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, computer based uh, coding and that sort of thing usually really appeals to them. Yes. Yes. Okay. Sociable Sue, we can move on. Sociable Sue can be the hardest to choose curriculum for because she's often motivated by things you can't control. Um, well, you know, it's what are her friends doing? You know, if her best friend is using Saxon math. Well, of course she wants to use Saxon math, whether or not that really works for her. Um, you know, that's, and she'll be motivated to make it work because friends doing it well that personality you know and i kind of do you see that rear its head at a certain age you know what i mean where yeah more more so you know uh girls you know (laughs) girls around you know fifth sixth grade especially oh yeah they get so peer dependent always checking to see what the other one's doing first yes the little tweens Right. Now, when you talk about homeschoolers, how does that play out with siblings? You know, are they looking at each other, what each other (laughs) is doing? How does that play out? Well, they do, but, you know, that sociable Sue is not as concerned with her siblings. Sometimes, you know, they're (laughs) concerned about their friends, you know, that and most homeschoolers have friends in spite of what some people think they have friends and they're going <laughs> yeah. to group classes and they're around other kids. And so they do know what other people are thinking and yes, doing. So um, again, that's, that's usually more that. important. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and because, well, they like group activities. They, these right. are the kids that will thrive in a group class and not do so well. You know, you try to put them in independent study. They just do not do well at all. They can, they just, yeah. Um, die. Even as a young adult, I know my, my youngest son is just, you know, as he was discerning computer science, you know, he was in this coding class, but it was so isolated and he is a sociable guy. And he, he's like, I need to be a part of a team. And he realized that the kind of computer science had to be more project oriented. We've got this problem to solve and we work together. Yeah. 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 That's so important to figure out because mm-hmm. it's a whole different approach. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, and sociable Sue's will usually do well with um, unit study type things, connecting mm-hmm. it with history. I mentioned history links, another unit study. And the story of civilization. Some people, some uh, Catholics are getting together and using the story of civilization yes. uh, together. Uh, that it's because of the social setting, not that the curriculum is designed for that so much, but you know, it can fit in that kind of thing. Um, so, so that works like, just doing it as a group. That's all. Right. There's as lots of different things. 
Right. And as far as groups, I know, and again, on your review site, you do talk about uh, things like I know you did a review for Catholic schoolhouse or places that meet once a week yeah. or, mm-hmm. or things like that. Because yeah. homeschoolers a lot of times feel like, what activities are there that I can do as a group, especially, and I do find it hard for young ladies, you know, uh, to find, you know, activities. Sometimes it is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, the world wants them to be, I think, a little more mature. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, inappropriately mature. Yes, yeah. inappropriately well said, exactly. Mm. So would they be more the ones you in, enroll in drama or debate oh, club or things uh, like that? Tompkins and Carl's make better debaters. Sociable gotcha. Sues don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, so they are gotcha. terrible debaters usually. <laughs> okay. But, um, <laughs> so, yes. But yeah, group classes um, make all the difference in the world. Um, yes. And group camp classes too online. I know with Homeschool Connections, they have, you know, they and they even have in their community a teen group, you know, so it, there yeah. is this opportunity. Yeah, there's even lots you, of ways to do it. Even if you live remotely in this and that, that that is the blessing of technology yeah. this way. It, it, sometimes it can work if, if they've got a sibling that's mm-hmm. close enough in age and, you know, personality that they, that they can work together. Yeah. They, that can provide that, but oftentimes they want to be interacting with those outside their family. It's yes. there's, you know, that sociable soothing is really in uh, the world out there wanting recognition. You know, they really do, uh, they, again, they care so much about what people think. They want to be doing public presentations. They want to be sharing things with other people. So, uh, you know, these these are the ones. Yes, they would be into drama. Even all they, groups. It could be all groups. Even yeah, adults. yeah, yeah. Just give me an audience uh, okay. because then they're getting back the fever, the personal affirmation that they're wanting. You know, yeah, here I am, the star. You know, of course, you can overfeed that too much. So. You have to have to be careful. Again, the virtues come in there too, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and it is about getting outside of ourselves and helping our children understand. It's not all about them, especially, you know, the world tries to tell you in teen years, you know, yeah. but it's putting them out there to be right. of service to others. Yeah, because they have to learn how to work independently. You know, mm-hmm. it's not always about having somebody watching and responding to what you do. What do you do when you're alone? And Yeah. yeah. That's again back to the virtues. Yes. But uh, yeah, when you're trying to teach them something new, though, again, you know, don't just give them something to go off and learn it independently. Probably not going to happen. Great. So, as far as you know, uh, again, again, when I think about all the different styles, I, like again, in summary, learn it first. You're saying learn first yourself because you tend to gravitate towards a curriculum that may suit yourself, may not work with your children. And then you also had said about just giving yourself permission to even just, you know, skip or be, you know, not have to do everything because you can see when you have multiple children, right? How am I going to do this for everybody? And then to be patient with yourself to kind of discover all those things. And and sometimes it's finding that compromise that's going to help you give your children what they need, but Mm -hmm. keep you within a functional (laughs) comfort zone. Yeah, because you know we can only go so far out of our comfort zone the way we do things. So you talked about so you would outsource sometimes. Well, sometimes you outsource, but sometimes you like like for math, um, making math meaningful Mm -hmm. from cornerstone curriculum. It's a 
manipulative based program. Right. And it scripts it. So mom, if you say you've got a perfect Paula mom, she's got a script, say this, do this. While the child is working with the manipulatives, doing this hands-on thing, yeah. but it's scripted there. So you can, you know, you're asking questions, interacting, but it's laid out. So you're totally in your comfort zone, right? giving him the hands-on program. It was like all about re, uh, spelling. Okay. I was a terrible speller, but again, homeschooling my children, I've now learned to spell. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, mommy does learn in the process. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't. But yeah. I loved it because it was a, you just, you know, mommy says this child does that. And you're right. It suited me, but it was sensory based, which had taught, which suited, you know, some of my children who needed that. I didn't need that, but they needed it. So finding materials that work for both. All about spelling and logic of English. There are a number of programs out there that are like that, you know, so giving you different, again, though, there's so many Ah, so many components in those programs. Sometimes it's overkill and we have to be in charge of the curriculum. And this is, again, permission. You don't have to use everything in the program. If something seems a waste of time, just skip it and do what's important. Yes. I I thought about printing up a PDF that just is permission slip in the beginning of each year. You just sign off. I give myself permission (laughs) to be in control of this. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know that's hard, and especially for new homeschoolers, you don't know what you don't know. But uh, to pay attention to your children if it feels right, you know. Yes, and when you say that, I would think one of the beautiful things you brought up, Kathy, is that what do you remember from your childhood, and what are your goals for your children? It's kind of getting yeah. right back to that, and, yeah. and I think that was that was so so yeah. important for you. To well, and you know the other, you know, I'm talking to Catholics here. Remember the Holy Spirit in this. God cares more about our kids than we do. And I I can't tell you the times, you know, when I felt, you know, the the Holy Spirit giving me the inspiration, the ideas I needed, what to do with my kids. You know, those days when I'm just tearing my hair out, this isn't working. Coming up with a a fresh way of doing it. And this was back, you know, we didn't have all the choices we have now. I had to make it up. Um, But, you know, God is good. Um, we'll, We'll know what to do. We'll be able to figure it out. If yeah. we pray about it and trust God to lead us in this too, it's it's just not all about us knowing everything and being super smart about how to know all these different learning methods. Yes, that's wow, very beautiful. It's true. The trust in the graces that He gives us, and I, yep, He loves us infinitely more, <laughs> and He loves our children infinitely better than we do. Yeah. <laughs> so great. Well, this has been incredible, incredible information. I love that we're recording this so that people can go back to this. Um, Kathy has also put together a handout sheet, which we will provide a link for a download. And on that handout, you want to describe a little bit what that will be on there? Um, I think I have, I think I have just really short bullet points Summary. on the, yeah. on the uh, learning styles. So you can quickly identify them. Right. That's primarily what then I would encourage people to go to Kathy Duffy because as we said, those detailed descriptions, you'll be able to notice the things we talked about and match them to your children. What an incredible resource. Anything else? Yeah. There's one more thing on the website that people miss. We added when we did the, uh, how to choose book, 
Okay. We added an advanced search tool. There's, you know, a regular simple search, but there's an advanced search on there. And if you go into the advanced search, you can click off, you know, third grade history, American history, uh, Catholic point of view, um, you know, and then there's, there are all different kinds of things you can click off that pertain to learning styles. You know, is it using real books? You know, is it hands-on? Uh, does it have worksheets? You know, that kind of thing. Um, so you the can advanced search even by learning styles. Wow. Yeah. So I, I, people have asked me to put Wiggly Willie, Competent Carl to kind of, you know, simplify that. But <laughs> I kind of moved away from doing that because I, so many people were coming to my website who didn't know what Wiggly Willie, Perfect Paula, yes. et cetera, were. So I stopped doing that. But I may, you know, I was talking to my web, my web guy about trying to create a yeah. shortcut for that. You should do that because, you know, again, maybe I can see little dolls, <laughs> little animated, <laughs> and do a little video of each personality, and then we'll know. <laughs> Sounds fun. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, this has been yeah. such a delight. This is so great. Any parting last words you'd like to uh, send to anybody? Uh, I mean, we covered so I much. I think we've covered, covered <laughs> That's good. Yeah. good. Yeah. Great. Any place, are you going to be doing any speaking engagements soon or any place? Uh, I, uh, you know, I, I love doing things from the web. I Traveling yeah. and speaking is, is just such hard work. I've kind of yeah. yes, don't yes. really Great. want to do that now. No, it's true. And as I said, we we do reach international and, and, and homeschooling is growing in places like in Australia and the Philippines. They use a lot of American materials. So, you know, they yeah. go to KathyDuffyReviews.com in whatever country you're in. Yeah. <laughs> and that's you're reaching people all over the world, Kathy. And yeah. it's, it's just such a blessing and a gift. Mm-hmm. Well, again, I know, uh, please, everybody keep Kathy, her ministry in your prayers. I know she has a special intention. Please pray for her. And uh, I thank you so much. I invite everybody to come to our uh, website, catholichomeschoolconference.com. There's a couple of things coming up soon in there. There's always going to be news, but um, I do have a new teaching video workshop that will be starting in uh, the end of July, free little teaching workshop. Uh, we're going to touch upon a lot of the stuff that that uh, that Kathy has, okay. we've talked about today here too, but we have the conference in October for high schoolers. So get that also on your calendar and you can reach us at Catholic uh, info at catholichomeschoolconference.com on our handle YouTube at Catholic Homeschool and on Instagram at Catholic Homeschool. (laughs) Thank you again, everybody, for joining us. May you all have a beautiful, blessed day. God bless. Mm -hmm.